It spreads like the flu. Impossible. Fine. Go to the hospital, check it out yourself. Go without a mask, you'll see more clearly. You got 19 dead, you got hundreds more infected, and it's spreading like a brush fire. You gotta isolate the sick, and I mean really isolate them, Billy. We gotta get everybody else back into the houses, we gotta keep them there. We're doing that, Sam. No, we're not doing it because I just drove through 100 people. And if one of them has got it, then 10 of them have got it. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, Billy, then we're in deep fucking shit. And we're already in deep fucking shit. downtown ghost town it was dead as fuck all the places where you are usually populated are empty as fuck but then all the places that are usually like nature trails hot springs the beaches they're packed right now so basically it's a good thing well it's just weird because everyone's thinking the same shit like they're thinking oh the places that are usually populated all will stay away from but then they all have the idea like let's go somewhere where no one is but then everyone gets that idea and everyone's there yeah so it's like skate park was dead. Yeah. Fucking no one's there, which was tight. I thought it was gonna be kind of. You went it? Yeah. The one right at the end of of state. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's cool. I need to check that out. Um. So yeah, like start from the beginning, like when we got um. The the news. The news, yeah. And from there, like. Well, you see, we're in rehab, we're in rehab, right? Oh yeah, everyone knows yeah, where we're at. Everybody knows where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's fucking start working. Quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah a week yeah, later, yeah, yeah. I well, yeah. I didn't even have a job yet, but now it's even ten times harder to go look for one because no place is hiring, so I'm kind of burnt. Yeah, there's like nothing being uploaded, but like nursing jobs on Craigslist. Yeah. And yeah. and I don't know if you were here still at the part of the house when the director dropped the news that I was. Yeah, you were? yeah. Okay. Have you shared that? Uh, just briefly, like what news? Well, when, when, when uh, the board of directors came, called, went in for breakfast, yeah. and told everyone that we're quarantining, yeah. we're the whole inpatients in quarantine. Like right after he gave that announcement, he called all the yeah, um, oh. yeah, yeah. He called all the f- uh, fourth phasers in, except well, you were almost a fourth phase, and he said, yeah, we're moving you into sober living early. Yeah. 
So, I mean, and I think it started at that point too because it was like the whole state was kind of all on lockdown because of all the government facilities and all the public health departments. And since this facility is um, part of like the public health, um, we had to be on lockdown. Yeah, like, once the like governor said it, that's why he said he had to do it. Yeah, the California and was, governor. And that was two weeks ago, and basically we can't. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I know this place isn't state, like, funded, but regardless, I think just because Santa Barbara County is so strict with its, like, legislation and, and like, all the policies, that it says in the paperwork if there's a situation like this going on, we have to be in quarantine. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we have the homeless shelter next door. Oh, yeah. So there's all these, like... Checks and balances and precautions to which to, is fucked because they're allowed to go out walking around. Like when I was cruising back, there were yeah. two guys walking in front of me and they just walk right in the homeless side. And I was like, what the fuck? Why aren't they more quarantined? You know, well, why, you know why aren't people out going getting their fucking smokes or whatever? Oh, and they're out. They're like they're the majority out on down in downtown and in parking lots. Throwing back beers and shit. Throwing back beers. Like, we're a hot spot right now. Oh, dude. We're a hot spot. We're probably like the hottest spot right now in Santa Barbara. Um, and the for more, sure and the most at risk other than the hospital because in January the shit had to have gone through the house when mm-hmm. everyone I heard of other places city, yeah. other places like closing We're not, not closing down but um, <clears throat> kind of uh, limiting yeah. limiting their services and they're like telling people oh we'll go over there and you know see if oh yeah they're trying yeah. to unload think like people out off like out on us but yeah. We're not letting in any new people. And there was, dude, there was this, uh, it was like a week and a half ago. It was like around 12 o'clock. It, was, it must have been after lunch. And, uh, and I said, Dylan? Oh, I said, Dylan. Hey. <laughs> you can drop his name. He doesn't care. Oh, yeah. Um, you gotta yeah, we'll can you? Yeah, uh, I can't, can't say. Anyways, this dude, he uh, comes up to the door and um, he's like, he walks in and I actually like, said if I can help and I was like can I help you and he's like yeah I'm trying to see if uh, I can get in and I was like what do you mean in and uh, he's like well is there a staff member here I can talk to and he had like his portfolio I guess or like his he had like one of those uh was this um, the dude walking around with a fucking Gucci bag the sideways one yeah he had a sideways bag yeah like you carry on where you put in all your folders and I guess important stuff and um I mean you can tell like he was like coming off the streets or I didn't know what the fuck. But he had a Gucci side bag. He had he had some kind of side bag. He was semi professional but he still looked like a fucking From the streets. Yeah, from the streets. Yeah. Anyways, um he hits me up and I was like, Can I help you? He's like, uh, yeah, I was wondering if I could talk to a staff member and I was like, um, he's busy right now and I was like, um, we're not I was like we uh we're actually like on lockdown. I don't know if you can be here. And he's like, oh well, I just wanted to talk to the staff member and see if uh, I could talk to someone who works here. And so I went to go grab him. And then um I was like hearing in on the conversation and like this guy who literally just gotten released from jail hours ago was totally unaware. It looked like he was like mentally sick too. Like you know he had like mental health problems, but yeah, he was just totally unaware of like what was going on. And uh, the staff member basically had to break it down. Like, dude, we cannot help you. Like, there's already the list is full next door. Like, they're not taking. There's no more beds. Um, it, there's nothing I can do for you. You know what I mean? Like, and this guy starts like throwing a fit. Like, oh, dude, I just got out of jail. 
I'm on the streets, like, there's no way I can go back and starts freaking out, but just totally oblivious, yeah, totally oblivious that there was, like, this whole thing going on, and, um, it wasn't that we couldn't help him, or it wasn't that we couldn't give him information, it's just there was literally nothing that... No, that's against policy. The, the homeless people have been getting fucking rowdy, too. They've been sneaking over, and staff would be like, he can't be over on our side, and then they just fucking cause a huge scene in the fucking dining room and shit. They've been sneaking into the sober living. Oh, and then one of the Ooh, volunteers, hey, one of the volunteers, it was like a week ago, got, uh... Who walked? Yeah, got, got bone rushed. Yeah. Like, yeah. The chick with the white dog was like breaking it up and shit. I got a, I got a oh, seat that's along ahead of the cliff when I was walking. Yeah. <laughs> when I was walking up the stairs, I signed like a fucking computer, like trying to watch it. And you just saw like the main hallway. You know how you go down the hallway to do laundry? Yeah. And, and there was just a game of people and she like hopped in the middle and it was just like, it looked like a fucking mosh pit. People were just kind of bouncing back and forth and shit. And she was like throwing up her arms and shit. What? <laughs> I didn't even know what it was until I heard fucking some dude guys asking me. Holy shit. That's pretty cool. The guy with the blue sweater. He always had the glasses. Oh, yeah. Volunteer. Literally, I think he's been like the only volunteer that I've seen here since day one. That was the next. older guy. Yeah, the older sure, guy. Really short. Yeah. Always fucking He got blue blocked? He got blue <laughs> By how many people? I don't know, but he got. I, I heard that uh, cause they had the films, right? Yeah. They got the security <laughs> yeah. camera. Yeah, they got the security car- camera, I mean, and they checked it over, and I heard he got fucked up pretty bad. I can see, like, tensions are high all around right now. Like, I don't know, like, if you've seen people in this house, like, start to go a little stir-crazy, but over there, you can definitely see people, like, people are, like, isolating. They're fucking, like, locked in. Some people just are locked themselves in their rooms. They don't really go out. They don't share at meetings. And you can tell just by, like, their their energy and their presence in the house, like... They're fucking, what is it, irritable, restless, and discontent, you know? And the thing is, is like, for you guys, I feel like it's almost better that you're on lockdown because what I get, not super triggered, but semi-triggered when you go out and only people are out are fucking, fucking crazy alkies and, and drug addicts, like, on a sick one. Like, I've, there's people flying signs in front of Ralph's, like, dancing and shit, just methed out and yelling at security, and it just... Fucking crazy, like there was nine cents for chaos. Yeah, it was bad over there. Oh, I feel I ske- I'm sketched just from the germs over there. Cause you I mean fuck that yeah, place is a hot spot. As soon as I got back, I was like, dude, I need a shower. Yeah. Cause I stopped there. And just from touching the shopping cart and shit. Yeah. Sketchy. But yeah. it's funny cause like, say a year ago when we were out doing our thing on all the streets, oh, like yeah, it didn't even cross my mind. Like the other day we were going to the store to go get some bangs. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna go use the restroom. And Trey's like, yeah, dude, that's not a good idea. And I was like, oh shit, that's the right. Public restroom. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, oh, I have to hold it to it go back to bed. Our Wednesday group. Yeah. And you want to hit the porta potty on the way back. Oh, it was the porta potty. It was yeah. you and. Oh and fuck the, that. Yeah. And I was like, but yeah, if we're out there fucking still shooting dope, I'd be walking my fucking sucking shit off their windshield. <laughs> yeah. It was this one fucking sink in a porta potty. I'd be fucking stepping on the thing trying to drop. <laughs> That's what made me paranoid too, is like, can coronavirus like stick onto dope, like on black tar, and if you shoot it up, you're shooting up corona? Straight to your bloodstream. Yeah, straight to the bloodstream. That's sketch. And then, you know what I noticed too, is a bunch of people from A-Town have been messaging me who are still out there, trying to get in here, and that's been like... Really? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, this one chick, you probably know her, I'm not gonna drop her name, but her and her husband are just super strung out on goofballs, which is my drug of choice, and they're trying to, yeah, all, pretty much all of ours. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, they're, <laughs> they're trying to get in, and I'm like, I can't help you, but it's like, that's a new hurdle just in itself, just communicating with those people, because I spent so long in, like, a safety bubble here, and I didn't have a phone for nine months, so it's like, now, but especially because with everything going on, all these people are hitting me up trying to get into places, and I was like, you know, the fucking insanity in my mind's like, oh, if I really, really wanted to... I could hit them up and be like, I got 200 bucks in my pocket and a car if I wanted to, you know, but I usually, you know, I, I do step work in my head and reach out to people. But there's, I had a one friend, I think I talked about it before, but he's waiting. He was in slow relapsed after two years. His wife had kicked him out of the house. He's got a kid with her. And he went and drove all the way to Arizona in Phoenix because he knows all these detoxes out there. None of the detoxes are letting anyone in. Yeah. And he hit me up and he's like, I'm about to get into detox and I have some money for cigarettes and food. So I, I wired him 10 bucks through Messenger. That's it? 10 bucks? Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give him just enough to get cigarettes and food. And then he hit me up, and he hit me up again for another 10 bucks. Like a few days later, I was like, I thought you were going to get into detox. And he's like, oh, they, they weren't letting anyone in. So now I'm having to like set healthy boundaries with people who are out there sh who have dope, who are yeah. shooting up, you know, and you know what it's like when you're fucking high on dope all the time. You're not really thinking rationally about, Absolutely. about how you're affecting people who are in recovery. Mm -hmm. So I had to like kind of set a healthy boundary where like, I can't send you money right. anymore. I, I sent you 10 bucks twice. You know? I actually can relate to that because like, I think it's been in the last month, I've had two people reach out to me and yeah. you know, circumstances to where I've had to set that boundary and like, well, I can't do this. And so the way I've done it is like, hey, I just want you to know that like, this is like, I don't want you to make this a habit. So if I do do this, like I hope out of respect, you can respect the fact that I'm not gonna be able to do it any long any longer after this exactly and so like i hope this is worth it do what you got to do but like my homeboy i've been keeping in contact with him he's upstate right now he's doing eight years like my best friend growing up and um we've been in contact he's like four years in no yeah he's like four years in right now and uh when i came in a couple months into it i finally reached out to him at thanksgiving from and um jpay so I had to set that boundary with him. Uh, like I said, he's upstate, and um, he's like halfway through a sentence. And I finally reconnected with him, and th um, I sent, I downloaded the JPay app, and uh, um, I found him, and I started like messaging him. I bought him some stamps. I bought him the fuck a little bit of commissary, and like I was in touch with him through email on there. And uh, this last time when I went home, I saw that he had wrote me an email asking if I can do him a solid, you know. Yeah. And so I wrote back to him and I was like, hey, what's up, my boy? Um, I got you. What do you need? And uh, he's like, hey, dude, like, my brother, he's um, uh, he's not working right now. And he, he's kind of, uh, he's not having any income. And, like, my grandma, you know, she's not really basically working because his grandma's old and, and it's hard for her. And uh, I was wondering if you can give me a fair, and I was like, well, what do you need? And he's like, I need, like, 50 bucks for this boombox set. And, like, instantly I knew, like, what it was about. And I was, um, yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, I, I got you, but I want you to know that 
this is because I also hit up my mom and my mom knows him and he grew up with us and he used to come over to my pad and my mom used to make us egg and cheese burritos and um and chorizo burritos and um he was like mad in love like I thought that was the only reason why he'd come over is to eat those damn burritos anyways um we ended up like growing up and doing dope together and going on the fucking sick one and then he went upstate and he hit me up and I was like, dude, well, if I do this, I want you to know that it's, it's not coming from my pocket, it's coming from my family's pocket. And I yeah. hope that you respect the fact that this is like, this is it. Like, I don't want you to build a routine out of this, but I got you. And so I shot him 80 bucks. Wow. Know? Yeah, I shot him 80 bucks, well, my mom did. And um, he was like, dude, I fucking respect that. He's like, not a lot of people come through for you after so many years of being down and and it felt good, you know what I mean? Setting that boundary though before you did it and letting him know that like, all right, well, this is it, you know? Instead of just like- Ghosting him? Ghosting him or uh, ghosting him after the fact and not setting that boundary before. Yeah. It's always good to like set that boundary before you do it. So they, so they have that heads up. Yeah, well, it's good to have open communication because it's like, you want to be, you want to like be vocal that you're, you're reaching out to them and you're there for them, but you don't want to be enabling them at the same time because like how many times have you relapsed and then so many people just dipped out of your life and then you feel that like abandonment or like rejection from people that are supposed to be homies, but they're doing it because they are incapable of like being communi- you know, like communicating to you that, oh, you know, like I can't, I can't enable you or like, you know, cause it's like, we, we well, it builds it weird being on the recovery side now, you know what I mean? Cause when I was fucking still shooting dope and stuff, like I would hit up people that were sober and clean, but like, let's say that was my plug for a minute and now they got their shit together and I'm still just like fucking going on Facebook or whatever, shooting text, shooting fucking online. Seeing who's online at 3am. And I've already hit up this one dude like five times and every time he's like, you know, fucking sober, like quit hitting me up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then other times, like, the fact that uh, he told his homie that was upstate, like, this isn't from me, this is from the family, and he still took it, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, that, that's just crazy, you know? Like, you gotta get what you gotta get, it doesn't matter how you're fucking getting it, and, like, when you're strung out and everything, you just don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? Like, just fucking... No, if all. you're, if you're sick, you're going to get well by... By any means. By any means. It doesn't matter if there's a fucking global outbreak out there like mm-hmm. I mean I've heard people who have had this said and who are in recovery said it's just like being dope sick you know so it's like I don't know it's fucking crazy I think for us though it's weird because it's like we're gearing up to enter the real world and deal with all the outside world and that's new and challenging for us but then you to go back out into the real world and to face all the issues that everyone's going through that's a whole new fucking weight on your shoulders. Like, there's no work. Everything's shut down. It's like, so I, I definitely anticipate a lot of people are going to relapse over this. You know, it doesn't matter. A lot of free time. Yeah, a lot Boredom. of free Boredom is one of my fucking top triggers, dude. And then the meetings are all shut down and shit, too. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I've done these Zoom meetings online, and they're okay, like, yeah. but they're, they're not as effective. They're a little unorganized and unstructured they're good yeah 
there's less connectivity in it, you know? Yeah, because, like, the main point, I, like, not the main point, but a big thing that helps me at meetings is, like, seeing all my homies doing good, checking saying in. the what's ups, checking yeah. in, talking to them, and just fellowshipping and feeling that, like, spirituality. Even the handshake. Face -to -face you know what I mean? Yeah. Even the handshake and the hugs are yeah. a good thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, too. yeah, we, we are loved yeah. and we do have people. It's yeah. like a constant reminder. You know? And we've had homies come and we're doing in house meetings next door, but it's like, we're not handshaking and hugging. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. everyone's yeah. like, you exactly. know keeping six foot distance, it's fucking bizarre, dude. So it's like, like the, the three guys that come in for our panel meetings, it's not really like they kick it afterwards. Yeah, they no, stay here, they fucking do their shit, and they're like, all right, yep, see you guys next week. They even made a point saying like, yeah, we're not gonna be fellowshipping afterwards, but like, we'll come in and we'll bust out this meeting, do what we can here, and fucking bounce. And, and I get it, you know, I get it. I get how, how um, serious it is, and like how people, um, are dealing it the way they are, like it makes it makes sense. But the way we're dealing it in here, though, like <laughs> dude, we're just chilling in the room on fuck, it. Yeah, dude. we don't give a fuck. But what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. we live fucking. I mean, you two sleep less than six feet apart, and I'm on one of your beds at all hours. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much you can do. Well, I mean, what can you do? I mean, there's how are you gonna take control of a situation that's completely out of your control? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even tripping on the whole thing. Uh, to be yeah, I was also like, I had this big old weight on my shoulders before um, this whole thing happened because I was about to hit fourth phase and start working, and I was kind of like, I wasn't, um, I wasn't like not trying to get a job, you know what I mean? But I just nothing was going through for me. Yeah. So I was like a little stressed out, like on just the whole job part, you know what I mean? But I knew, like in the back of my head, as long as I do good, it'll work out. Yeah. And then this right, whole man. yeah, and then this whole thing dropped, and it was it like for a loop. You know? Yeah, it threw me for a loop. But I mean, there's took the weight off your shoulders. Yeah, no, it did take the weight off my shoulders because at the end, like I had, a, I sat down and I was talking to the director and my counselor, um, and I told him, hey, like I just I want you, and I think this is like the day before he made the announcement or the day of him making the announcement. And I was like, hey, I just want you to know that like. I'm gonna be going into fourth phase next week and I haven't had a job yet. And right now with everything going on, I bet it's gonna be even tougher for me to find a job. I just wanna, and he's like, dude, you're good. He's like, we understand, we get it. We're not gonna like put anything on you guys, um, especially with um, the ones who don't have work and can't work. Like you guys don't have to pay rent. Like you guys, you know what I mean? Like- That's good to know. Yeah, we're gonna take care of you guys still. So it's, that right there, like in itself, has been a weight off my shoulders. See, you're lucky though. You got the weight off your shoulders. For me, it's like vice versa. You know what I mean? Work's fucking slow. I got a gang of DUI fines and shit. And mm -hmm. I'm not working. It's like more stress. Well, I know the court system has kind of been shut down too, so yeah. a lot of things oh, yeah. on hold. Yeah, I was supposed yeah. to have my my enrollment process on uh, the 24th on Tuesday. And uh, fucking Zona Seca shut down. And I'm doing fucking driving classes. And then yeah. I was like, of course. What the fuck, man. Work's not going, driving classes aren't going. Everything's like, on hold right now. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. Just life on pause. It feels it's good to when you're being productive and proactive and like taking care of shit like incrementally. Yeah, that's why I felt like I was going and then all of a sudden it was just like COVID happened. It was just like, yeah, fucking stop right in your tracks. Yeah. I, it, was, it was a reality shock. It was like, fuck. Dude, I've been waiting nine months to like set up mediation with my son, just patiently waiting for the right moment to, um, uh, finally have that hearing 
And so Thursday of last week, I was supposed to have it, right? Well, two weeks before that, or a week before that Thursday, I yeah. got an email saying that we're going to have it over the phone. Oh, and shit. So, and so I called because of the whole virus. Yeah. Phone. And so I called on Thursday, and like there was a lady in the office, and I was like, hey, is so-and-so in? Um, I have a hearing at 9 o'clock. And she was like, um, no, she's not going to be in the office today. Um, because of every, I didn't get like no 24 hour in advance notice. Like nothing. they didn't even contact you. No, they didn't even contact me at all. And so I ended up calling and she told me she wasn't going to be in the office and that they'll get a hold of me when everything is up and running again. And so that was kind of burnt. I fucking worked really hard these last nine months to finally have that. That was like my first goal and like my first, um, actual like thing I wanted to, um, but you've been so fucking patient. Dude. So patient. That means it's gonna be the same shit for me too, all on pause even longer. And yeah. it's already a waiting game, it's kinda like But it's fucking, like fucking you've already like put in the work and waiting shit, you know, what's a little more? Yeah, no, that's you, how you've been dreaming of it. Like your goal yeah. was Christmas and shit, and then you ended up spending it with Gio and his kid and all that shit. Like I think the biggest thing is like the anticipation of responsibilities and deadlines and stuff. That's what can get overwhelming in the past for me or what took me out. It's like having to deal with, you know, maintaining work or and or school and this and that. It's like knowing that I have all this stuff I need to get done would stress me out. But I think what's more stressful is knowing the fact that you're not able to do anything about it. That's you exactly know, wrong, it's a stressor in itself. You know, I was stressed when I was in fourth phase and I didn't have a job yet and I was like well fuck I saw other people getting jobs and I was kind of yeah. like just hanging out at the house like what the fuck am I going to do so then finally I just got I got to grinding and found a job and then once I had the job and I was like doing my got my first day done and felt comfortable it was like a, a weight lifted off my shoulders yeah. it was like a relief like alright I've got paychecks coming in I can do this and that and then all this shit happens and so now it's like you know I, I jumped to worst case scenario just when I have mail to go through and look at bills and shit, but then when it's like, I, it's like, this is a worst case scenario on a whole other level where it's like, well, I have bills still that are going to be required of me. What are they doing about the sober living rent and all that? Uh, the man, house manager hasn't really given us a full, like, he so working out the details kind of thing? Yeah, he, like, he runs the sober living way different than staff runs this place. This place yeah. has got so much more structure, so much more organization. It's so much looser over there. So that transition was rough for me, and I think it's rough for a lot of other people. There isn't, like, because before there was, like, four or five people in the house. And that's, like, a, I don't know, 24 to 30 man house, yeah. right? So it's, like, now that we have this huge influx of people there's going to have to be some order and structure like implemented in there. And it's just very loose right now. And it's slow going with like, who's got chore duties, who's doing this, who's doing that. And you can tell like it's affecting a lot of the people who just moved over there. Cause we're so used to like having a routine and having structure that when there is none of that, people don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, we're institutionalized. Yeah, exactly. So it's like when you're, left in your, a room, and most people have their own bedroom, you don't have a roommate, you're left to your own devices, it's real easy to fucking Netflix and binge watch and then just take naps and and it's like, we're here, it's like, there's always something to do and then when you have 
no, very little options. You're like, people are like, well, what the fuck do I do with myself? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, the boredom, the isolation, being stuck in your head, that's been more of a challenge. So reaching out on the phone to my sponsor has been big and stuff. Like I had my first craving since I've been here and it was when I moved next door because I, it's like the sober living is like life on training wheels. It's like so much more freedom because I have my car, my phone, I can go out and leave. But with that responsibility comes more challenges in itself. So it's almost like in a way I miss being here. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I used to do this fucking thing where I'd be so strung out on goofballs and up for days, I'd fucking bury a doomsday hype kit in yeah. my backyard. I've probably told you guys this. Because I thought uh, I thought for sure that the end of the world was gonna come eventually. So I'd take a bunch of heroin and meth and fresh rigs and put it in a little sit like shitty fireproof safe and bury it in my backyard. And then my regular dope would run out, so here I am, fucking digging six in the morning, in the digging morning, a hole, fucking <laughs> dipping into my doomsday stash. I was like, I would love to be your neighbor. Yeah, it was fucked. And also, imagine digging a hole, dope sick for dope. It's like fuck, all sweaty and shit. I'd rather have to dig a hole than go find dope though. Yeah. But then I'd get, I'd get well and I'd be like, fuck, I dipped into my doomsday stash. And so then I'd have to like always replenish that. And uh, it was just a fucking horrible. But then thinking about that and then thinking how we're in like a weird apocalyptic kind of state globally, it, that's what triggered it. I was like, oh, I wonder where my doomsday hype kit's at. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, uh, I, could be, I could dig one up right now. And then your mind starts racing, like, you know, but then what helped me get through that craving were steps one, two, and three, right? So step one, knowing I'm fucked up, knowing I have issues, knowing I'm fucking crazy if I, if I don't take care of my shit. Step two, knowing I have the ability to change if I put in the work, and then step three, knowing that I can't do it on my own, yeah. you know, so that I have to reach out to someone who's got more clean time, more experience. And then that helped me set at ease. And then I thought, dude, could you imagine what it'd be like to shoot up a goofball in that house and then have to be paranoid in a room by yourself thinking everybody knows whether they do or not. That sounds like the most three people. Sounds like the most miserable thing to do. Like, could you like when, when people relapse in this house, I thought about it and I was like, dude, I would lose my fucking mind trying to like be that high, especially when your tolerance is down to zero and then try to keep like hide that from people. uh, It's one thing if you do an issue of just tar and then you're trying to hide being on tar, but tar and clear, like being on a, on meth and heroin, I'd lose my fucking mind. I would like, I would have to just leave, you know? And then, see, I could slam heroin and sit in my room all day. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they, they have locks on those doors, but apparently you're not supposed to lock the doors unless you're away. And you, you know, if they, when they do bed checks, they do bed checks next door, so you can't have the door locked. You know? At what time? Like 11 or something? Like a 10 or 11, sometimes 11 and 12. But see, they're not really strict about it. And then my mind got racing, like, oh, I'm at the end of the hall next to the fire escape where the fucking the fucking door to the gate is like, I thought, oh, I could do this, this, and this. And then I was like, dude, that's, and then I had to. Is there a night, uh, like a night alarm? Like if you leave the building? No. No. And there's only one, there's one security camera in the kitchen. So it's like, 
I thought about sneaking girls into my room. I thought about this and that. But then I was like, as cliche as it sounds, I played the tape and be like, okay, that's a stupid thought. Yeah. You know, even like um, one of the staff who lives next door went to an in-house meeting. He's like, yeah, I get those thoughts too. Like we're addicts. We're going to have to deal with that shit. But it's like, it's how you handle those mental states where it's like you play the tape and you're like, well, that's just going to lead to stupidity. Like it's going to lead to horrible, horrible shit happening. And I look at my track record, jail, court, order, drug program, fucking getting ripped off or this or that, being dope sick, you know, overdosing. It's like, I have a horrible track track record with doing drugs. So it's like, what makes me think it's going to be any different yeah. than when I've d done like shit before, you know, before it was like, I'd be in a court order drug program and I'd think, all right, I'm going to white knuckle it through this, but don't worry, lady heroin, like, yeah. you're still my bottom bitch. I'm yeah. going to come back to you, you know? Always there. Yeah, where it's like, now it's like, okay, now I'm in a rehab. It's like, think of all the things and the times I fucked up that led me to come here. Obviously, I, I need to work a way to change my life, and the tools to do that are implemented right here. So, I don't know, it's just weird. Um... And, and it's weird over there because it's like different dramas, different things, because like, you know, there's issues with space for groceries for people who go and provide their own meals or people who don't do their own dishes or, yeah. or fucking this or that. Like people who are fucking super loud who you share a wall with because they have a TV or, you know, it's like, it's, it's definitely less structured. And I think it's because of, you know, the person who's running the house and it's like, they're still learning this shit too. Yeah, especially, it's all new. It's a learning curve. Yeah, it's like, beta, it's like beta testing because that sober living was closed down for a long time. And then they started with like four or five people and now there's like 12. And then in another three weeks, there's going to be another five people. So Really? Really coming off the streets? No, from here. From here, yeah. Like, I'm there's kind of stoked that... Well, like, staff, next. Yeah, staff said that or, I could go next yeah. door and shit, but like, I really don't want to be blowing money. You know what I mean? Because I only have a certain amount of money in my wallet. Yeah, now, you know exactly. I mean? And like all the free time and shit. Like at least here, I can still see people and interact whether I'm fucking playing cornhole or I'm skating my rail or working out with the boys. Whatever. Yeah. You know? I feel like if I were to go next door, especially since most of the homies or you know my homies are still here, I feel like if I were to go next door, I would just isolate super hard. A lot of people are doing that. Who's going to go next door? The next five people. Um. Well, I know you guys are. I know. Um, Who said that? I don't know. I'm just assuming. I know Mike K is going to go over there. Yeah. He's basically be whoever has a job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's already got work lined up. Or if you're like done with the program, you'll okay. have the option to come over. So there's so much unknown and so much shit up in the air. And I think that's disconcerting for especially people like us who are in, I still think, a, a year of clean time is early recovery. Especially if I you've been here. So, uh, yeah. I keep hearing, like, once you get a year of sobriety and shit, like, you should be able to have your own pad, this and that. Like, you're just out of the free world. And, like, for me, it's a little scary, dude. Yeah. No, I'm not ready for my own pad. No. Definitely. And it's like, look how many people who graduated from here who didn't go into sober living who went out hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and not not only that fast, but that like and they like the transformation and how bad they look, noodle grooving and shit like that, or or this it's just like that's like a scary thought. Yeah, I'd rather have a little bit of the security blanket on me. 
That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm like, saying. That's my thing. boys are going to be there, you know? Like, yeah. And there's the just feeling enough. we get here by living together and having that fucking fellowship the and that accountability and that yeah. fucking, what do they call, camaraderie or whatever. Yeah. 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 All that shit. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It helps. There's you just know, enough. For me, dude. Yeah. There's just enough accountability over there with new freedoms to like help you get acclimated and used to those freedoms and handling and responsibility. Like, in a responsible way. Like, I still do stupid shit and act out sometimes or, you know, abuse fucking more socially acceptable things like sex or fucking caffeine or nicotine or binge-watching Netflix, you know? Vape, Vape, yeah. So, you know, I think... And and think for us, we're used to that community. So it's weird going over there and seeing how isolated some people are just locked in their rooms or, or you're kind of... We feel weird about going out if there's a stay-at-home order or, or this or that or, you know, like... Because I know for a long time there wasn't even any testing kits in this county for COVID. So even though there was 23 confirmed cases, it's like that's a total inaccurate number. Yeah, totally, yeah. And yeah. so now that I heard... The whole world's number is completely inaccurate. It's probably yeah. fucking 10% of what's really going on is actually fucking... But you know what? We didn't bring this up because, I, like... In January, before this shit was a thing, like the whole house got sick as fuck. Yeah. So like, no. <laughs> did you just rip ass? No, that was crazy. I was one of those. That's funny. Um, so like, and I know people had known pneumonia here, yeah. and then they got tested for the flu, and it didn't show a positive for the flu. So I almost think, dude, that, I wouldn't be surprised if all of us have had already had it. COVID pneumonia. Once you like, have your immune to it, I heard. I don't know. Me and Tim were talking. Well, that's the thing is, like... Back, you can get COVID a couple times. Back in January, Good people calls. were getting sick multiple times in a row. Kitchen manager got sick, like, four times Dude. in a row, lost his yeah, voice. Yeah, that was worse. Sick. Sick. Actually, now that you bring it up, Amy didn't get out of bed for three days. Yeah. We were all yeah, feeling it. Yeah. And when I was sick... And uh, I, I was sharing a room with you. Yeah. You and I were both sick. It felt kind of like I was dope sick. Like, I got hot, I cold, cold sweats, sweats. Yeah, yeah. shaking. I remember. I thought you got high. Dude. Oh, I remember that. That was, that was, like, the vibes. That was on New Year's. That's when I was still in integrity. Yeah, that, didn't come that out was on New Year's, and I was so pumped up. I was like, dude, I'm going to spend New Year's with my boy. We're going to be walking around 12 o'clock at midnight. You're just trucking to sweat. Yeah. And just all bundled up, shaking. Dude, I, yeah, I tried to. I thought you were not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, like, pull it off and, like. <laughs> My head started hurting in the morning, and I told Sarah, you know, I'm gonna take a sick day. That whole day I was in bed, shaking, shaking. Yeah. That whole night, sweating, which is freezing, dude. Like, yeah. Next I've day, I've never seen you like that before. Yeah, no, kind of freaking yeah, out. I haven't felt like that in years. Yeah. Next day, I um, felt a little bit better, but I, like my head started pounding still, and like I took a shower, and once I took a shower though, like I instantly felt better. It really? took me like two, yeah, it took me like two days to get over it. It took two four like, days. It took me like four days of just resting and taking a shit ton of like over the counter medicine yeah. and like get over it. I never got that cold. I got I felt shitty for like one day, and then I felt fine. There's yeah. people who had it for weeks though. It was the key, yeah. Bit, sorry. It's good. Whatever it's <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and the kitchen yeah. staff, he had it for. Remember. Yeah, yeah he was like, he couldn't yeah, talk for like a month. Yeah. And then he'd get better and then get it again. Yeah. Like four times. And I feel like after that, our immune systems were pumping after that. Yeah. You know, but I'm after still a lot like throwing the cards out that 
no one won't get it. I think if anyone's going to get it, it's probably someone next door who's still going out working or going on. Who's still working? Is there anybody actually like actively working? Mike, Brandon, uh, Brandon, Mike, Gavin is still. Well, most everyone else, their shit's cut. Yeah. Da- uh, Danny E does little side things here and there for his for. Is his restaurants work. not up and going? No, his restaurants food. donating us a bunch of food. Like he he goes there oh, to yeah. work, yeah. And, but he'll just they'll give him food because it'll it's gonna go bad if they don't. So we've been cooking up feasts over there on the oh. regular. Oh yeah. From that hotel. Oh, so long. Five star shit. Yeah, and having Zach's bored out of his mind, so he's baking and fucking cooking all day. Every time I've gone over there, it smells bomb. Oh, smells bomb. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, it's cool. Like we had that coffee truck give us a bunch of coffee and stuff. So it's like there's there's little like gifts and things here and there that are like helping us stay. Like, not have to worry about food or this or that, but it's like... Yeah, how is that, man? How is uh, sharing the kitchen and, and the fridge and all that shit? That's a good question. Uh, sharing the kitchen's not that big of an issue, um, except for people who don't do their dishes, you know? It's fucked up. Yeah. Well, that's kind of fucked, but like, so, I'm worried really. about bringing home, like, you know, a couple hundred bucks in groceries and then... Like, no one's been dipping, things. no one's been dipping into other people's food. That's good. So... Like I, I yeah, haven't seen anybody. I don't else. see that. Either. I took but my own. Random, as well. You don't know. Yeah. You know, like I put my a little sticky note on my shit and said that's my groceries. Don't touch my shit. And so far, because I mean, you steal someone's shit, you're probably gonna get kicked the yeah, fuck out. Yeah, sure. That's a fun. I'm glad it's just like us gonna be over there. Plus, <laughs> Freddie like gives us free shit that we get over. Yeah. Like, that comes in. Yeah. So there's plenty of food, but. I think the the biggest resentments people are having is with people not cleaning up after themselves or people being too loud in their rooms or this or that or people like leaving pubes in the fucking a bathroom they share, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's like, I think when there's more people in and there's more order and more chore duties, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, I'm just stoked that it's gonna be us. You know what That's I mean? What I this yeah. is like we're All basically gonna be in a place where a lot of us were. We know each other. Program at the same time, you know, we probably some had like more time and people just came in, but um, where the house is right now, everybody knows each other from this program. Yeah, they're only letting graduates yeah. in, so so that little community in itself, like, cause me and him, me and you are gonna be going there. Um, like in a couple of weeks, or as if I get a job, and that's it, you'll probably still have a job, so you'll be first to go over there. And um, it's just gonna be like that's a new experience in itself, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? What's well, yeah. cool is the long, as long as us three have been clean, is as, as long as we've known every single person in that house, except fucking one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know the energy will, if this happens, will drastically shift if someone gets loaded in the house that energy is going to drastically shift because as far as the fourth phasers that are over there, we still test every Thursday here. I don't know how they're implementing random t- drug screenings for the people who are graduated, you know, but, or how structured or how common that is. You haven't talked to uh, the guy in the far room that's closest to us in the glasses. Like, doesn't he get tested like you guys do? Which, no. oh, um, Jeremy, um, can we say first names? Yeah, you can do oh, first names. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how often the random testing is over there, but from what I've seen on how loosely it's run in comparison to here, 
I could see how someone after a few weeks would get to know eh, and like try and get one over. And it's like when you never really see your house manager that much and you're able to isolate in your room, I could see how how easily someone could try and get away with yeah, your mind sneaking, a, sneaking a beer in. And then suspicions raised because when you have a, a house meeting there and someone looks like they're guilty or something, you think, oh, is that guy getting loaded or this or that? I mean, I people, hate that. Yeah, I hate it too because I want to see the best in people, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, I'm naturally going to be a little bit offended if someone brings fucking drugs in the house yeah. or this or that and puts everyone else at risk to take out my friends yeah, you know, or me. All or, it takes is one bad apple. Yeah. You know, that I've seen that happen in the past. So it's like... Were you, were you there for that? For when those yeah. three yeah, went out? Yeah. Oh, you were there? I came in right after. Were you there for that? I didn't get here until... Uh, it was sketch. Like, and that, that relapse that happened when I first got here hit me the hardest because only a few only couple people got kicked out and it wasn't for getting loaded it was for dumb shit like mm -hmm. sneaking out at night to fuck their girlfriend or something Benzo. you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Benzo um and so <laughs> like when when those three went out like a part of me was like hurt upset and then angry but I just didn't know how to process or balance all those emotions because it's like I lived literally right next door to them when they started fucking shooting up goofballs. Yeah, I heard it was a bust in the morning when they all came down. Yeah, I see. Fucking bug eyed and shit. Yeah, up at fucking five in the morning, like when everyone's like used to them sleeping in until the last possible minute before a roll call. And they're just down making coffee and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so and it's like when I saw uh, Brendan. The guy who moved to Maine, he his eyes were I couldn't like it was so painful. He said. he said he was like so painfully obvious that he was fucking loaded, you know. And uh, I used to hang out with them in their rooms all the time, so it's like I could have walked in on them fucking, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then yeah. right in there, you could have been like, you could have said some fucked up shit, like you give me one or fucking. Like, yeah. Oh no, I and I can't say that I would sit definitely say yes or definitely say no. Yeah. It's like you don't know I wasn't right in that. There. Yeah, when it, if you were fresh, I was super fresh. I was like maybe a month and a half, maybe, yeah. maybe two months in the program, maybe. But it was like super early, so it's like, you know, I could totally see myself like, and I'm glad I didn't because staff knew how tight I was with those guys. And after they all got kicked out, I got called down during program to get get a random. They randomed everybody in the house, yeah. especially people they knew were tight with them. So it's like. It's a good thing I did it, you know. Dude, there was like a solid month where me and Gary were getting tested like every other day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was when Gary was close to uh, the one guy who relapsed on Saturday. Do you remember that? Scarlet. For like a fucking solid month, month and a half, Gabe was, er, yeah. was testing us fucking so fucking frequently, like back to back days too. Like sometimes it was four days in a row. Yeah. That was like fucking brutal, man. Yeah. It's brutal, but I have an appreciation for that. Oh, just yeah. I look back and I was just like, Dude, like, I get that. Yeah, sure. it was like almost yeah. lovely. Like, you yeah, know what I mean, like I he was so worried too. for us. Like, you know, I want to see these guys go out and keep testing them. Like, you know what I mean? Keep us accountable. And, like, it's also yeah, knowing like, that like it could happen any day like that. And also at the beginning, I mean, because you come in like really not knowing. Well, I came in not knowing as much as I know now. So yeah. I know that that fear would have at least like got me through, uh, or it did get me through. You know, like the first. Three months, you know what I mean? Oh, like, oh, I might be testing it. I have nowhere to go. To yeah, nowhere to go, exactly. Relapse at the doctor, Gabe. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, they fear. Did the 
intestines. That fear will keep you clean. You know, at the beginning. Oh, when we went to the yeah, Dodger the game? Yeah. 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 Did that trigger you guys going to the Dodger game? Absolutely. I didn't go, but Trey almost drank. Yeah, because he's a mean alcoholic. <laughs> mean old alcoholic. <laughs> See, the, yeah. getting into the stadium didn't trigger me, but being oh, yeah, in LA. Yeah, and we got off, a, we missed the exit, and we got off on Riverside Drive where I used to cop, where I used to buy rigs, where I used to shoot up in parking lots. So we're driving down Riverside Drive. I'm like, dude, I was loaded there. I used to get dope there. I got high there. So it was like all, like I hadn't been back to LA since I was strung out. So all these memories just flooded back. Like, I don't know. Was it a trigger or was it just like reminiscing? Like, oh, I remember this. It wasn't like a craving. It was like anxiety. Like I was having an anxiety attack inside. Like, holy shit, this is overwhelming. I relapsed over that same thing once. Yeah. Like, I went back to Santa Cruz after not being there for a while, and I had, like, not very much time. I hadn't been working the program, but I felt good, dude. I had, like, that pink cloud. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, the world is so beautiful. And then I drove to my town one time. I got high, like, the Do you guys place. do that when you go on Home Pass and drive down old streets yeah, and stuff, and you just get flooded with memories? and you see that sign that says, like, welcome to AG right before you get off, I think it's Traffic Way. Yeah. Right before um, the traffic way exit when you go into town. Yeah. I used to get it all the time before. Maybe even my first home pass, I felt it. I wouldn't even leave my parents' house when I first did home passes. I, did, I didn't leave the house. I mean, I didn't have a car either or a license. Uh, but last week, I or heard. not last week. The weekend before, I didn't even have to fucking leave my house. Did I tell you what happened? No. Uh, the last home pass I took, fucking was cleaning my room and everything. I'm just like bugging out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, fucking lift up my mattress. There's like three empty bottles of liquor and then there was a Ooh. fifth and it was like three quarters full you know what I mean yeah and it was just like there like I didn't trip on it or anything but then uh Sunday I was grabbing all my tools because I was about to hit fourth phase that was the whole reason why I went home to grab tools and shit whatever I was going through my work backpack and I heard a tee and I was like fuck I know that sound from like a mile away dude reaching <laughs> a deeper fucking spoon and a fucking crusty cotton that probably had like alcohol oh, in it fuck. yeah and I was just like Fuck, and then, but I didn't stop though, you know what I mean? I was like grabbing it, I was like, oh, spoon rake, put it on the dresser, kept going, and I was like, fuck, what else? I just grabbed my backpack, and I like, turned it upside down, like random hot Cheetos fell out, cigarette butts, and then fucking a little cellophane. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Pick it up, there's, and I haven't done heroin in fucking a long time. Yeah. It's been over a year and a half, almost two years, you know what I mean? There's like three and a half points in it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, but it's, it, it's in like. I was just straight to the neck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just like... You flushed it? Yeah. Yeah. Gave us a good break with my pops because he was, he was right down the hallway in his room. And I was like, Dad, I found some more shit because I told him about the fucking whiskey bottles. Yeah. And then uh, I told him that I found dope. And when I gave him the fucking spoon and drink, I, I walked in the bathroom fucking turned the cellophane inside out, flushed it. And like... Did you smell it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did it still have the smell? Not really. Vinegar? Faintly, but no, not really. It's fucking old dope. Yeah. Did it? Like, but did it give you like... A heart race, like when you saw it. There was slight anxiety. Yeah. Was this but your body was doing the work for you. Like you fucking were just sh- sh- getting rid of it. It wasn't like you fucking sat there and paused it. No, yeah. I was thinking like, I'm grabbing my tools. This is as long as I've ever been unemployed. Yeah. So I was like just stoked. Like in my head, I was like, "Do you not know, grab my tools because I'm about to go back to Santa Barbara and I'm gonna start work next week." So this the fact that before the whole uh, shutdown too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. But it was just like. I had other shit on my mind, you know? Yeah. I wasn't even thinking, like, dude, I got fucking half a fifth or a little more than half a fifth of fucking liquor. You had a party. I, yeah, I had a fucking almost a half G 
and I found like 70 cottons downstairs because I was looking for my car keys and I was going through my entire fucking kitchen and we have a breakfast bar built into our wall and I was like on the fucking marble like looking up and I stuck my hand in a fucking one of the things and I was like oh what the fuck pull out 70 bucks and then I looked in it and there was like fucking 25 cottons all crusty and like fuck I was saving them you know what I mean yeah. it was oh, like yeah. if I was dope sick these cottons will get me well and then there's 70 bucks to go get a sack wow and now that I look back at it, it was proper like, drug yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that Conservation I, was back, I was like, I had so much shit, and I didn't, didn't fucking drink, didn't shoot those cottons, didn't shoot that fucking black, and then I got seventy bucks. And I was like, dude, this is my reward for being sober. Do you think if you were like to not immediately get rid of them, and if you paused and stared at it for like five ten minutes, it would have been worse? Um, before I yelled down the hallway with my pops, I stared at that fucking dirty, dirty fucking crunchy cotton in the spoon. Yeah. For a minute. And yeah. I looked at it, I fucking pulled the, the cap off the ring, and it was like brand new. It still had the fucking numbers on it, shit. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't the fucking. Oh, when, they, when the numbers aren't rubbed off? It was like, uh, oh. Every ring I've ever used got And I was like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, there's like 30 cottons downstairs, and suck all those out. That's equivalent to like two points or something. There's a fucking gross, crunchy one in the spoon. And I was like, I haven't done heroin in like two years, dude. I could have fucking just. That'll last you at least a weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, but it was just or like, more. I think I was just more stoked on about to start work. Yeah. Like, That's good. I don't know, there's something I've always loved being on the fucking job site, so you hear I've hesitated cleaning out my entire room or my storage unit for that reason, because I know if I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna need like my dad with me or someone with me that'll be like, get rid of it on site, you know? I mean, I just want that precaution there. I still go into my parents' house and look at the ceiling and see blood splatter on the yeah, ceiling and shit. I'm like, fuck. I took a picture, didn't I show you? Yeah. And yeah. you guys, you guys do goofballs too, so you guys are fucking running around everywhere and you guys are probably hiding shit. I just get drunk, so I like, I leave shit and I'll forget about it. I'm fucking hammered. So I mean, it's like the same thing. Like, you forget where you stash shit. I will, I did the same shit when I'd be so high on goofballs, I'd hide shit where I don't usually hide it. Like I find an extra good hiding spot and then I've been up for three, four days and when I pass out and wake up, I totally like forget yeah. where and I hid shit. Up on it like eight months later. Yeah, or I'll be sick and think maybe I did that already and hit something somewhere and just tear my room apart looking for shit that I might have hid. Like I would do crazy shit because when you're up for that many days, like, and then you finally get some sleep, you wake up, you're like, your memory is shot, you know? So you're like, I don't remember, like, I'd sleep for like maybe a day, two days and forget exactly where I hit all my shit, you know? It's fucked up. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just get too drunk and fucking, I'm gonna put this somewhere where I've never fucking kept my note before. Wake yeah. Up the next day, like, where, and then you're oh, fucking pissed. Have a little drink, and then, yeah, time to do a fucking issue, and then I'm like, Check my normal spot, like the little fucking silicone thing where people yeah. my dad's always kept my dark in there. Oh yeah. And then I like down yeah. containers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would start like looking for other shit. I was like, what the fuck did I do with that three pack or whatever? And then I'd forget about it. And then out of nowhere, I'd be like, go into my room or whatever, and I'd come up on it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I had no memory of that shit being there. Uh, I'd stash fucking. Shit happened to me all the time when I was an alcoholic. I never had that problem. I'd pass out on my bed with my keys next to me, wake up dope sick, and couldn't find my keys because there was like piles of clothes everywhere, and then be so dope sick that I was too lazy to look for my keys, and they were next to me the whole time, and then just rid out, wrote out a whole fucking detox because I was like, fuck, dude, I, I don't know where my keys are, and I'm too lazy to roll over and find it right next to my body. Damn. Or. I'd be like yeah. stashing, yeah, stashing weed 
and I'd be like crawling on the floor looking for weed that I knew I had but didn't know where it was and find like a nug here, a nug under my car just to try and get a, a minuscule like bit better than I was, you know, because yeah. weed helps when you're dosing. Yeah, it does for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I felt like when I got in here, I looked in my wallet and there was a bunch of seeds in my fucking wallet. Really? Yeah, with like crumbs and shit and a cellophane and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't read about that part of you. Yeah. yeah. There's still a fucking half ounce of flour in there. <laughs> fucking all stuck to the fuzzies. <laughs> so, like, have you guys, you guys are still, like, what are your plans for when you do move next door? Like, well, I don't even know when we're going to. Yeah, but do you anticipate like things that are gonna be hard, like when you do when you make that transition? Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that because I actually sent Josh a Facebook message yesterday and I was like, hey, um, I'm sitting here. I sent him a text. And I was like, dude, I'm sitting here and I'm waking up, you know, slender. Oh. I sent slender a text and I was like, hey, I'm sitting here in my fourth page room, um, thinking about what comes next. In your experience, um, in moving into fourth phase, what was like your first actual like life struggle slash test slash obstacle slash trial? And his answer was the adjustment and the acclimation to move freedom. And yeah. I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I'm burnt because there's this pause, I guess. Right now, to where I can't really adjust, I can't really acclimate to my situation, except for being in here and doing what I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, like, we're all on the same page, maybe to that, too, because we're all about to hit fourth phase, and we're all about, we're all about to, like, move to that next part of the process of, like, finding a job, going to school and stuff. Yeah. And, um, but at least we were, I was talking about it with, with Gary and the... The answer I guess we both came up with was basically reaching out to the people here in the house. You know what I mean? And kind of staying busy and staying connected in that way. Yeah, we stay connected with each other. And like I said, we're, we've been in our room like this whole weekend and we've been just chopping it up and listening to music and just shooting the shit. But um, yesterday I was kind of going through it like the whole day I knew I was lazy. I knew I was like glued to my phone because I just got it back the day before. And I was like, aware of it and so I started getting like anxiety I was like dude if this is how it's gonna be like I'm fucked yeah. you know what I mean so instantly like I told them about it I was like hey dude have I been on my phone and they're like dude you just got it yesterday like chill out like it's fine it's normal but um I was aware of it I was aware of it and I was like what do I actually need to be doing you know what I mean yeah what what could I be doing what can I do and um and basically, it's just, for me, um, reaching out to those people who I haven't had the time to reach out to, you know what I mean? And there's also, like, a stigma, I guess, that I have with certain people that, like, maybe I can't relate with, or maybe I got nothing really to offer, or maybe, um, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, you know, you can say it's a bias too, but that's kind of like being selfish on my part because... In the end, you're just listening to someone always helps. So, yeah. So yesterday, I, uh, we were sitting there in my room and we were talking about all this. And I was like, fuck, dude. I really, uh, there's some dude in the house. And uh, me and him, like, we don't bump heads, but I basically talk a lot of shit to him. 
<laughs> I talk a lot of shit to him and he gets to him and he fucking, I knew he had a mean yeah, resentment. Yeah. yeah, I knew he had a mean resentment against me. and I Mean. Like, yeah, like, he wants to fucking kill me. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's like, this dude in the house and he's like, he's already wanted to get beat up like three different times by three different people that have gone kicked out. Really? Yeah, like. That's why Eddie bounced. Yeah, that's why Eddie bounced. He, uh, him and Ricky got into it like in the morning, first thing waking up. And Wait, who bounced? Eddie. Remember Eddie? Which Eddie? Eddie? With the face tats and the lipstick on his hand? Yeah, I was wondering was where cheap. he went. Yeah. Oh, well, him and Ricky, they got into it because Ricky hit him up in the morning. He's like, hey, don't forget, it's your day today to clean the room. Yeah. And um, Eddie, I guess he didn't take it so well. And uh, I guess he hit up Ricky. He must have said something, you know what I mean? Like, Eddie like, stayed starting to shoot. Yeah, no, he did. The fact that, he, the fact that he walked over Ben. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, no, he did, but it must have been like intense for Ricky. He must, he must have said something like really fucking that scared Ricky because Ricky went downstairs and yeah, basically yeah, told yeah. Stab like, "Hey, I think he's like basically like a, a threat. A threat is that the word? Yeah, a threat to my recovery and like he's my roommate and I just don't want there to be any problems. And this guy's already had like a couple." run-ins and a couple write-ups with the same shit, so they ended up booting him. Anyways, my point was that, like, me and him are close, like, me and Ricky got in close, but at the same time, like, my ego kicks in, and, like, if I'm gonna take something out, it's gonna, I don't know why I picked the littlest dude in the house, like I said, it's probably my ego, <laughs> and, um, but it's not like, it's not like a fuck you kind of thing, it's, like, kind of helping him keep him in check, and, like, being sure to that you can beat up. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's you go right there. And uh, anyway, so I snatched, oh, like a I snatched him up yesterday. He was in his room. He was reading a book, and I'm like, "Hey, can I talk to you real quick?" And he comes out time, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to invite you over to my house." And so we went over to my room, and um, and we just sat down. We had to talk with him. You know, we had to talk with him, and I made that amends. I was like, "Hey, if I've been too hard on you, it's like it's not you. It's like." It's what I'm going through and I want you to know that you're my boy and um, I got a lot of love for you because I've watched you grow and like you have this time here in, in, in the process and that's like, you know, he's hit his third phase and, and I want you to know that like, you know, you're, you're yeah, on the deal. Yeah, you're doing it, you know, and if you need anything, I got you, we got you. And so that, that felt good because that was like, like I said, before that, all this shit was racing in my head about yeah. like, what can we do? to help maintain our recovery outside of meetings, outside of like going out and reaching out to newcomers. Like what are we able to do here at the house mm. right now, right? And, and that was basically, that was basically what we came up with is like connect with those people that we haven't connect yet and um, listen and, and see how they're, you know, how they're doing. That's the biggest thing I'd say you have to anticipate when you do move next door is when you're out over there at the sober living, you can tell real quick who's doing the deal and who's not mm -hmm. because it's up to you to fucking run a program. It's up to you to maintain, not just going to meetings, but doing, you know, steps 10, 11, 12, doing mm -hmm. all these other steps. And, and it's, it's painfully obvious when you're next door who's not doing the deal so I can already see like for some people resentments are 
are building because they're not. Is there a separation in the? I mean, not a separation, but like. Yeah, you're saying is, is it to the point where like the people who are doing the deal kind of click up more, and the guys who are just doing their own thing. Like, I, I think like, right now it's not even super clicky. It, it's clicky to where it's like, the people who aren't taking care of their own responsibilities are kind of semi ostracized from the whole house. Yeah. And right. resentment. There's already like group resentments built against some of those people, and I think um like daily amends. There's a lot less of that going on, so resentments are, are lingering over there, and that's a, a surreal, like, almost a scary thought, because it's like, I see it happen to myself, too, where it's like, if, yeah. if, my, if the guy who's living next door to me is on Skype or FaceTiming someone until 3 in the morning and trying to keep, is not intentionally, but keeping me up at night because they're not considering, like, the people around them. Yeah. Or someone is not cleaning after themselves, or this or that. The dishes would piss, piss me off. Oh, yeah. I would track the person down. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, where do you find the balance between making an amends to them because you have a resentment going, but then also them realizing and stepping up what their responsibilities are in the house, you know? So it's like, it's weird. It's it's so different that the the energy and the feeling of there is so different, and that's a little overwhelming, like on a mental and emotional state too. Yeah. You know that I know that you guys are definitely going to have to deal, or you're going to be forced to deal with, because we're all dealing with it over there already. You know, it's like you have, and I think the the lockdown is throws a whole new. Fucking it almost like makes it a little bit more extreme because well, we're, we're, we're not yeah. working. We're stuck yeah. in the house yeah, together. The house so it's like we're all trying to maintain our sanity, but it's like you can't leave. You can't fucking um, or if you're not working and there's no work out there, you're hanging out at the house and it's like, well, if you want to go out, how long should you go out? Where should you go? What should you do to like not get cabin fever? Um, so it's like, it's, questions. it's so much more challenging than if this whole pandemic or quarantine or, or stay at home order wasn't going on. It'd be so much smoother. Yeah. But I think towards that transition of, oh yeah, I mean, uh, building that, that transition uh, would have been so much easier, but now that, uh, structure in the house. because of this global like issue going on, it's really painfully apparent to me that people are going to have to dig into fellowshipping and working steps more. I was going to say, it's easy for the spirituality to kind of get taken out of the fucking yeah. equation because Ooh, like, how are you going to be super spiritual when you're stuck in a fucking house? Like spirituality comes from, for us at least, like hitting those meetings, talking to our guys, praying, going for walks, talking, like being out of the fucking house. Like, yeah, we have spirituality in the house and we're working on that right now, but it's hard to keep that shit going when you're forced to be somewhere and it's like something that's like kind of overwhelming your, your mind. Like, fuck, and you're I stuck gotta in your be head. here. Yeah, I'm stuck here fucking. It is what so... Is there? You can only live weights for so many hours of the fucking day yeah. and shit, you know? It is so easy to go back into self mode over exactly. there yeah. than here, you know? To get back into self and, well, this is how things are affecting me, so that's unfair, or, or how can I take back control of these situations, or, or this or that, or... It's like acceptance is definitely, and tolerance and patience are like 
it's the name of the game over there because you if you don't do that shit, mm-hmm. I can definitely anticipate because this I mean they what they ex- you said they extended it till April thirtieth. I can definitely foresee like somebody's going back home or or maybe, going out or, or going out or this or that or getting or, in a fight or yeah getting in a fight out. or or yeah or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course, we live with a bunch of drug addicts. I mean, and we're just one week into this, or a little over yeah, one week yeah, of this quarantine days, being in effect here, and people not being having work there. And I'm sure there's a lot of, like, relatability. 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 relatability for the people who are... <laughs> for the people <laughs> who are hearing, because a lot of your audience is probably, like... They're going they're through it, too. Yeah, they're in sober living, they're in recovery. Um, and they're going through the same shit. You know what I mean? Um, fuck, dude, that that must be rough. And for us, like the talk we had yesterday about, because we have this problem, like being extremely welcoming to people, because we like the people we like, it's easy. And then there's the other people that were kind of like, who the fuck are they? You know? Trying we to came, feel them out. Yeah, we're feeling them out, which is not necessarily fair to them. But we came to the realization that for us to stay sane here, we need to go up to these people and fellowship with them and talk to them because. We also came to a realization that we've been here longer than fucking ninety percent of the other dudes in the house. Set the example. Yeah, we need to be examples and role models. Ninety-five percent. Yeah, and we need to be there for these fucking people. And so instead of putting these guards up, like, oh, there's weird Kirks about them, which is a characteristic of the the life we come from. You know what I mean? So we we came to the realization, like, do we need to like get over that and like uh, go through that uncomfortability and just be there for fucking people and talk to them and all that shit. And that's fellowshipping, and that's doing our 12-step, and that's going to help keep us sane here. But you guys over there all have at least a year clean, or right around a year clean. It's like a little bit harder for you guys to do that. Like, and ego gets in the way. Oh, I'm better than you. Long. I have another month, whatever it may be. You know, we don't oh, have yeah. that problem here. We're the only, like, we talk shit to ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. that, like, right there is, and I get what you were saying, like, because at first, maybe I was like, oh, well, I think I'd be fine over there. You know what I mean? Because, like, at least I do get to go out. Or whatever. Well, that'd probably be the main reason. And like, it, it sounds nice to go over there, but then but again, I, like, yeah, it's comfort here, dude. It is comfort. Like, I know what's I going on over here. I know what the deal is. That's a whole new experience. You have the choice to go to the meetings here like during we were the just day too. About like ten minutes ago, like once you get a year sober, like should you get your own pad, this and that. Like, I kind of like being, which probably isn't the healthy thing, but I kind of like being a little dependent here. I like checking the staff. I like having fucking. Because Mexican and Jerry with me. You know what I mean? Like And when you hit your three sixty five, staff has made it painfully obvious you're not allowed to be over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I have like what, a little under thirty days that I'm even allowed to go here and get meals and do stuff, but well, when, you can't come over here for meals or anything? No, not not when you hit here. not when you're graduate when you hit your full year, you cannot be I mean be you can maybe slide side. by and if you do want to eat here you gotta fucking You uh, have to help yeah, yeah, serve. serve, yeah. But uh, that's two times a week they'll let you do that. They'll do, oh, okay, two times yeah. a week. And I did have that in mind because, like, at least for me, you know, there's that was one thing that, because I went out with a staff member last week, he bought me lunch, and he mentioned, you know, when he was out of the program, he came here every Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, every Wednesday, and he helped out, and that's what, I mean, was part of was, was helping Jason here, like, three or four days a week then. Do you remember that when he was coming by for breakfast all the time? Oh, because he's he got pulled with Freddie. Yeah, he's and he like goes to the, the church stuff across the street. I mean, that too, yeah. And so he shows up here right before that. Before he relapsed. I think that's, yeah. Out, 
He was really partially case by case. Richard Nankas? Oh, I thought you were talking about someone else. Oh, no. I haven't seen Richard. I've he's heard he's that he, he was in Virginia. I heard no, from you. I know, but he's talking about the other one, I think. You were Richard who's got the two front teeth missing? Which was yeah. white or Mexican? Mexican. Yeah. Mexican, that's Mexican. the one that really yeah. yeah. You were telling me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up basically going back to some But like, he used to come by here for meals all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We used to work out too. Oh, yeah, back in here next door. No, but. No, yeah, no, we were here too. When I first got And when I saw him go out, or when I saw other people go out who had way more clean time than me, it really put. Like, it was. It was hard. Yeah. Because it's like, when I see people running such a good program, having commitments, yeah. doing this and that, and they still go out, it makes me think, well, what. Like, what are my chances of doing that? Well, you that want to too? know what all three of those people have in common? Or right. however many people, not one of them is sponsoring, guys. Well, that and well, like... Well, Richard was trying to. Me and David wanted him to be our sponsor. Like, well, they, they, gave, they, gave, they, gave, they gave Richard the opportunity, because you have to be... Out uh, of a year. Uh, out of a year. Yeah. He had, like, 18 months, so he still had, like, another six months, six months yeah. so he can start sponsoring people from here. But I heard... Um, cause Freddie from the house wanted uh, Richard to be a sponsor. Mahogany. Yeah, Mahogany. And um, he, they, I guess they were cool with it. You know, at 18 months they were cool with him sponsoring one of the guys in the house, but something basically didn't work out and it didn't fall through and he ended up relapsing shortly after that. But um, other than sponsoring guys, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, how you could still reach out and still be able to do something. Do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Talk to someone. That's kind of gnarly, bro. I haven't thought about that. A lot of guys who are graduates and shit, if they're not sponsoring people, their chances are like looking shot. That's, and if you're sponsoring people, it's like key. almost guaranteed that you're good. Oh, yeah, because then you're held accountable. Yeah. Could you imagine going out and you have And it's the spirituality aspect of doing that for It helps you get out of your own head. It helps them. It helps, it helps you. you rework your own yeah. steps, all that shit. Yeah. You relearn. You're basically, basically the whole circle. pumping the steps back into your brain by teaching yeah. to someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Like Wednesday, when we had the three gentlemen come here, they're like, "Fucking, you know, we're doing this because we gotta stay sober." Yeah. They're joking, like in a selfish. But it's manner. true, though. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah, it's a All selfishly selfless program, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly what it is. I like it. Yeah. Because we're all fucking addicts, you know what I mean? We're selfish. We're gonna be selfish. But we just want to be selfish about some positive shit for once. It's like in my prayer sometimes. It's like selfish and selfless at the same time. You know what I'm saying? All right, we're at 73 minutes. I got to go wrap this up. I'm going to go see my right now. Ooh, <laughs> a little online porn sesh right now? Dude, she wants to start a webcam. Yeah. Well, tell her I'm down too, bro. All right. Is the mic still going? Yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck. These people can right. listen to it. <laughs> I don't talk about my sexual escapades too much, but I will reveal that, you know, I might be, I might be, you're gonna be, I might be doing, well, I might be, my career path might shift into the porn industry really soon so I can pay my phone bill because it's like iPhone 8 Plus. I got, I mean, that shit's expensive. (laughs) I just, I got a bunch of new apps. Like, are you guys gonna be filming it together? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Oh, there's probably a lot of... I thought you were just going to be like, right, well, if, it's by, myself and give me some if it's by myself, I mean, I know if it's just a guy doing webcams, there's going to be butt play involved to get any money. No, I thought you meant like, she's doing webcams, but you're just like... I mean, I could do that too. Together. Together, yeah. that's the way to yeah. go. Get your nut in, make a book. And I'll do it wearing a face mask or something, like a corona-themed, like, like a porno with like gloves on and shit. <laughs> that's smart. I mean... Dude, there's already... Well, there's bunch of COVID shit on Pornhub right now. But yeah, you should do it. It's kind of sexy. Yeah. I mean, 
I think condoms are going to get really more popular in porn now. <laughs> you know? <Good> pussy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't catch my virus. <laughs> you want to fucking wash your hands? <laughs> Use that hand sanitizer on my pussy. Damn, that's a, you know I think rap videos are going to be just people swimming in tubs of fucking hand sanitizer because if you <laughs> got money, you got hand sanitizer. Yeah. You know. And what would you guys want to say to anyone out there listening? Because I mean, from what I've heard and from the messages I've gotten, everybody's going through it right now in yeah. some way or another. So, any instilling words of wisdom? Well, like, for us, we had to come up with a solution, you know? We can't just sit here in our fucking self-pity, like, we gotta figure something out, you know? So, put in that extra little bit of work to, like, maintain your sobriety or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just try to stay spiritual, pray about it, do what you gotta do to stay clean, because... It's not that like there's one solution. There's many solutions. Yeah, and there's different all ways. Think outside steps. the fucking box, dude. Just yeah. figure it out, you know. Yeah. Something that's getting me through it is showing appreciation to others. Been checked in with my my grandparents, my parents, mm. my fiance. Just making sure that they know that they're loved. You know what I mean? Like, cause then the feedback. Be there for people, know? cause we've never yeah. been there for them before. Yeah, that's a phone good. And call for that's something that I've been doing. I like that. Checking up on my pops and my grandparents and shit. And like making sure that, that they're staying sane during all this. Yeah. Like my grandparents just went to Cambria and fucking watched walk Moonstone Beach and shit, you know what I mean? Just like chopping it up. Yeah. And then they're asking how I'm doing, how it's down here, and then like we get a whole conversation going. And you feel good after that shit. Yeah. That will keep you sober another day too. Having those types of conversations. So and I, well I would say it's just, you know, for the people who are sober, we should be grateful that you're sober. You know, at this time it could be worse. You know, yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, right now, it's hot out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fucking people loaded out on the streets right now. Like, fourth phase group? Yeah. And not to say... I wonder what the Dokin's like. Yeah. Dokin is popping right now out there. Yeah. Like, when I went and got you guys food, like, I saw, like, three people I could have hit up for dope. You know? Yeah. If I wanted to. But it's like, that... Could you imagine, like, you're like, where, where did, where did Brian go? He's been gone for like five hours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Okay. <laughs> Let's go into that story. So we, I hear Brian. Oh yeah. He literally next door. It was like we we're doing a dope deal. Dude. It was literally like it felt like we were doing a dope deal. Now that we're fucking right. sober, it was like all we do is fucking, yeah. you know, eat and fucking work out. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we're fucking hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I got a dope on. I was like, fuck me too, man. Like, what do you want? Some fucking home in the kitchen or what? Pull like I'm dying. <laughs> Spicy trio. <laughs> I was like, Dream, I hit a Brian right now and see if he can make a run for us. Dude, he's got a car, man. He'll be back in <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting outside. We're sitting on the curb waiting for Brian. He's, I just get a text. Oh, it's going to be like another two minutes. I'm putting on my shoes. You're like, fuck. Oh, it took him 20 minutes? Yeah, it took him fucking two hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's fucking funny. All that, fucking hunched over. That's all another thing, dude. Humor. Yeah. Yeah. Trying safe. to stay positive and good jokes and chopping yeah. it up. Laughter, dude. Yeah. yeah. That that shit keeps me singing too. Yeah. Don't isolate. It's and dude, like I I did when I first got there. It was so easy to sink into isolation. Oh yeah. I think the biggest thing is like seeing the red flag of you're like, all right, I'm doing something that's not inducive to my recovery and then reeling back into the program is yeah. what's helped me. It's awareness, bro. Because it's like how you're feeling, yeah. Yeah. Even Be my aware of that shit. Yeah, my sponsor even said it when he led a meeting next door. He's like, I see sometimes myself slipping. it's like no one just out of the blue 
chooses to pick up dope. It's like there are a bunch of events that lead up to that. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, we love you guys. Yeah, yeah wash your fucking hands. You wash your hands and your buttholes, especially your buttholes. Yes. You know, with lavender essential oils <laughs> for Jerry. <laughs> Yeah. All right, you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to end that. We'll talk to you later. Not squad. Love you. Never here. No, I was here. I followed the bug here.